How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Do you have something that goes bump in the night? Do your friends who visit complain about strange noises and strange people in your house? Have you ever wondered why your furniture moves on its own and why the chandelier in your bathroom cackles? Well, then you might need the services of Justin, a man who professionally rids homes of bad spirits and bad energy. And you better believe he has some strange stories from the houses he's cleansed. Let's hear about his most bizarre encounters today on Homespun Hates. Hi, everybody. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. So today's guest cleanses houses and he does it professionally. And it sounds like Diana... Uh, from what you've told me of your mom's basement, maybe you might need to fly this guy out to oh, Tulsa. Gosh. Well, even just somebody who cleans houses would be fine. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the basement's a bit of a mess. <laughs> you know, I never really was super bothered down there, but I could tell there was something going on that wasn't copacetic. What I started noticing was that it didn't want me to leave in the morning. So when I when I get out of bed, brush the sleep out of my eyes and go up the stairs. And I would feel maybe nine times out of 10, some either brushing feeling or cold feeling behind me on the last four or five stairs. And this is right after passing by the secret passage that goes into the basement stairs too. Secret passage. I have a secret passage in my house. Yes. (laughs) You know, we could turn that secret passage from the hallway into the basement stairs into a dumbwaiter because it's approximately the size of a dumbwaiter, but it's just a one-story house so it would literally just be passing things from the hallway to the basement stairs and back again so it wouldn't go up or down <laughs> it so it'd be like a horizontal dumb waiter maybe a really dumb waiter <laughs> all it can do is put things through a wall that's it <laughs> oh my goodness my grandmother's house has secret passages too oh so. nice yeah, her house is totally wackadoodle. When my grandfather, my grandfather's really into octagons. I think I've told you this. So yeah, it's octagonal, or at least parts of it are. Okay. And I don't, I don't know if the secret passages were intentional or if it was like, oh crap, we have to connect these rooms, and I guess we'll go through the closet. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. And yeah. some of them have absolutely no light whatsoever. Rooms? So the passages. The passages. Ooh. So if you, and there's stairs and all sorts of crazy stuff in them. So like, you don't want to close the door behind you. Creepy. 
it did weird my husband out the first time he visited my grandparents and he saw my grandmother walk into a closet carrying a laundry basket and then disappear. And <laughs> next thing he knew, he heard her in the attic. So. <laughs> okay. It's like, what's up with that? I'm like, oh, it's just their secret passages. <laughs> of not? course. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Winchester house. You know, you just keep building and eventually you can get everywhere from everywhere. Mm. so yes so I'm staying in my mom's house still trying to renovate it and I had a run-in with the basement ghost the other day (gasps) I mm -hmm, first real experience there since I was a teenager tell me what happened well okay so I was heading down just to check to see if my laundry was done but when I went down I went down in a hurry and I kind of forgot to turn on the lights Uh so I was just like it's okay I'll just feel for it so I just went over to the dark corner and felt around back there and turned around and felt like a cold spot as I was turning around. And so I (laughs) (laughs) kind of gave me a little chill. And so I was just kind of sort of off the cuff um, thinking about what Beth's father said to her in in the previous episode about, you know, if you tell them they have to go, they have to go. And so I just kind of, you know, half jokingly just said, you're not welcome here. You have to go. And the moment that I said that I heard, Just one single knock on wood. Oh, <laughs> well, isn't it like one knock for yes, two knocks for no or something? God, I hope so. <laughs> that was just little ghost okie dokie. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But it was just so, it was so silent and dark. And then like that one, and the only wood over there is the ceiling. There's no wooden walls. The walls are all concrete. So to knock on wood, but uh, came upstairs. Nobody was up here moving around or anything like that. So. Oh man. <sighs> but yeah, so I, I hustled back up the stairs and as I was pulling the door closed, I felt some resistance on the door closing. I, I don't know if that was all in my head. But oh. It was pretty terrifying at the at the time. I've not really been down there in the complete darkness since I was sleeping down there when I was a kid. So Okay, yeah. so we need to investigate like is it really one knock for yes? Or... <laughs> is it, it like a like... pendulum? You have to define it first. Like knock once for yes, two for uh, no. Maybe. I think you have to maybe. Make yeah, I'm that sure. Communication. And I don't know if I've ever communicated that to anything well, down there you? before. Yeah, it's not like right. you're going to hold a seance in your haunted basement. That just sounds like a bad idea. Oh, don't, don't even, don't even. Do. Oh my gosh, <laughs> there is a Ouija board down there. <laughs> My mom taught me how to read on a Ouija board at my letters when I was little. Diana, that is so fucked up. Why? <laughs> I mean, I had, that's I weird. Had, that's it's got all the weird. letters on it. <laughs> They're in alphabetical order on like a keyboard. It's handy. What did your mom use? A speaking spell. And I had these magnets like for on the refrigerator that were all these different letters and colors. Oh, did they ever rearrange themselves? The magnets suddenly spell I'm here or <laughs> I ate your eggs or something. <laughs> you need more turnips. Um, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Today on the show, we have Justin Firemoon. He's a psychic spiritual medium and a Wiccan priest in South Jersey. He's seen spirits his entire life, ever since he was three years old. He provides private tarot readings for individuals and group parties and special events 
He also does individual and group smudgings as well as house cleansings and blessing services. He has a Facebook page and Instagram at Inner Eye Readings, and you can check out his website at innereyereadings.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-E-Y-E-R-E-A-D-I-N-G-S.com. So, Justin, thank you so much for being on the show today. Good to have a chat with you. As I mentioned before we started recording, you are actually our first Wiccan guest. I was hoping you could start off by telling us a little bit about Wicca for those people that aren't that familiar with it and how that fits into your life. Wicca in general, it's part of paganism. It's the oldest religion in the world. It's been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, long before Christianity or even Greco-Roman pantheism or, or Norse religion. It kind of goes back all into that stuff. It's nature-based. It's nature-oriented. You are at one with nature, and nature is at one with you, and we believe in a goddess and her counterpart, the god or the lord and the lady, as some people call them as well. The lord is part of the lady, and she created him, and then all of us are essentially descendants from her, are a little piece of her. We don't believe in Satan. Uh, That's not something that is part of our religion at all. We do believe in something called, uh, like I said, a god, and we do have a horn god, or Baphomet, as some may call him, but we don't believe in the concept of Satan. We don't believe in the concept of sin. We have this rule that instead of, you know, Ten Commandments or anything like that, or this concept of heaven and hell, we have this thing called the threefold law. So anything that you send out comes back to threefold. Yes, we do do spells. Not every witch is a Wiccan. All Wiccans are, I guess you could say witches, but not every pagan is also Wiccan either. There's other things like that. But yeah, the umbrella term is essentially paganism. And then underneath that, you have Wicca or Norse. Essentially, that's what it is. Witch is gender neutral, as we like to say. So there are male witches. They're not warlocks or wizards even. We don't do the wizard thing. We don't do that. There's no such thing, too, as um, like white magic or black magic or light magic or dark magic. All magic, no matter what way you look at it, is great. Spells that we do are really intensive, really in-depth, devoted form of prayer is really the way that you can, the way that I like to describe it. People will pray to St. Anthony if they have something that's lost, if they're Catholic, okay? We can still do the same thing. There's Parts of voodoo that incorporate saints as well and hoodoo. Same thing with Santeria. That's another form of magic that's more based in like Mexico, Puerto Rico, things like that. That all uses all of that stuff. I even work a lot with angels. I do that too. So that's like a thing. And yes, there are demons too. So just as easily as I can summon an angel, and mind you, not all angels are good and they're not beautiful faces and wings. They're actually very ugly creatures and very terrifying. They're giant and they're, they're kind of shaped like wheels. It's weird, but they're very, <laughs> they're not, they're not very pretty. So not all angels are good, but not all angels are bad. The same thing goes for demons too. You can summon demons. It is possible, but you don't necessarily, it's like how you use them is really what it is. Not all demons are bad. Most of them, I would say, are not the greatest, but not all are good either. So everything has some duality to it. It doesn't matter on what side of the spectrum that you're on. You've been seeing spirits, you said, since you were three. So you are very well connected. This is actually the first, the first experience. And that kind of was the first clue. My family realized that all this stuff was kind of going on with me. My father passed away when I was three. We get to the funeral home. My mother's there, my grandmother, my sister. I remember sitting on a bench at the funeral home, swinging my legs like a little three-year-old would do, (laughs) sitting on a bench. 
and daddy comes over and daddy says, Justin, tell mommy and Nana that I don't have a pillow and I need one. And I said, okay, daddy. So they come out with the funeral director and I see them and said, mommy, Nana, I said, Nana, Nana. She goes, what? And I said, daddy said he doesn't have a pillow and he needs one. My mom and my grandmother are like, huh? Because they hadn't even seen him yet. The funeral director's face from what my mother said was white. He had this look of shock on his face. And he said, there's no way he could have known that. When they delivered the casket, they forgot the pillow. Daddy came home from work every day for a year. After he died. Correct. So that was something that happened. You would change the TV channels and all this stuff. It was really confusing. It kind of made my mom really frustrated because she was just like, you know, I told you daddy's, you know, he's not around anymore. And I just couldn't believe it. And I was having a really hard time understanding this concept because daddy would come home every night, you know, from work. So it was really difficult. And then it kind of evolved over the next few years. I shut it off for a long time and I decided to turn it back on. Since then, I do now house cleansings and blessings. So I will literally go to people's homes now. In addition to providing tarot reading services for people, I will do their house like a walkthrough first to assess what actually is going on, much like that show, Dead Files. I have a little kit that I bring with me. You know, you have your basic stage. This is where the witch part of me comes in. I also make incense like on the regular, so I make my own special house blessing and cleansing incense that I will use for a little extra oomph. And I also do some other things too, like I can make things and have things that people can keep in their home and whatnot. Are you tired of websites that have been Frankenstein together? Oh, my website is so slow and creaky. Every time I use the search bar, it just returns Abby Normal over and over again. Becky's sister company, The Concept Spot, holds the secret to life itself and can create new life from nothing. In fact, we've been giving life to highly functional websites for the last 25 years using premium parts we swear we didn't salvage from graveyards. Ooh, check out that head image. Instead of going my new website purrs. Need a blog? The Concept Spot can do that. Want an online store? We can do that too. We build our sites from the cellular level. No reused templates or discarded body parts here, so we can make your site do whatever you want and look however you want. (gasps) It's gorgeous! I can't even see the stitches. We can also resurrect your dead website if rigor mortis has set in. Oh, it's like a new man. If you think homespun haints is frighteningly genius, you should see our websites. Let your favorite ghoulish gals, Becky and Diana, build you a monstrous website that will wreak havoc on the internet for years to come. Visit theconceptspot.com for more information. It's live! It's live! So, in these homes that you have been through, what would you say has been the most intense thing that you have seen? There's actually two that were really interesting. This was the first one. This happened first. There is a woman that lived a little bit further south in a town called Puckerton. The town itself is just as old as, you know, my town, um, Manahawkin or Stafford, as the township's called in Barnegat. Puckerton at one point was the largest seaport before New Amsterdam came into play and everything else. So she lives in a very old area as well. That area is also very haunted too with the amount of old buildings that are there, especially the seaport. I went to her house, her family, they're Puerto Rican. She literally called me in the middle of the night at a panic at 11 o'clock at night to come to her house 
because stuff was going on and she needed help. So I had a homework assignment that night and I was like, you know what, maybe she needs help. So I'm going to like bail the homework assignment. I'll deal with it. I pull up to the house. The house itself was fine. The energy that was coming out of the house was another story. It was like I saw, it was almost like a smoky black beam that was just coming from somewhere around the house and it kept moving. And you could see it come through the roof of the house and from the outside and just move like back and forth and forward and backward in the house as if someone was walking. So I'm like, okay, let's see what's going on. I have my kit with me. I go in. Walking through, there's a, there's a lot of the typical stuff that you'll see. Whenever there's a lot of stress in the home, you will see some basic things that are kind of like the norm, I guess you would say, especially with people that are, like I said, really stressed out. You will see sometimes you'll see some black murky crap in the corners of the house or like the ceilings and things like that. They kind of just hang and they droop almost like cobwebs. I like to call it like energy muck. The energy that we give off when we're negative and when we have negative emotions like anger, stress, sadness, it has to go somewhere. And like you clean your home, for every season, like really good, like that seasonal cleaning that you have, you scrub everything. You should do the same spiritually as well. So you should probably smudge it with sage. That's a really great tool. You can call on a priest if that's your face. That's something too to bless your home. This used to be done yearly, sometimes biannually, all the time, years and years and years ago. People used to have their priests come in the home to bless their home. Spiritual cleansing and spiritual hygiene is how I like to call it is very important. That's essentially what I'm doing here is I'm going into her house with some weird crap going on and getting rid of all this stuff with some sage, going through the house, everything's okay. Until then, you know, I start smudging her and her kids. This is when things got a little weird. She got very agitated when I started smudging her after the children were done. Very agitated. Her kids said that she's been flipping on a dime. Something's been really weird. Now, there's a difference here. I'm not necessarily saying the thing was possessing her. She wasn't possessed, per se. She still had some control, but it did have a significant amount of influence over her. The thing that was attached to her was not something that I could get rid of. It's impossible. There's a reason why for this. This thing revealed itself. It kind of just, it's almost like it grew. It, this thing was like seven or eight feet tall. It was huge. It was completely in black. But the face was the most memorable. It wasn't human. It had a long beak, like a long, like almost like you remember the, the plague mask, like that kind of piece, except it was an actual beak on its face that opened and shut. It had these eyes. Um, they were a little slanted, but they were, they were completely yellow, completely yellow. And there were just feathers coming out like a Mardi Gras scene. Like it was ridiculous. This thing had such long hands and long fingers it, they came out 13, 14 inches. They were like claws, things that it was just gross. Um, it was gross. They were crusty. They were scaly. It was nasty. What this was, it had an attachment on her. And I didn't find this out until, you know, a couple months later, she called me back in. She had tried to kill herself. Her kids took the pills out of her mouth. This is not something that she wanted to do. She's like, get them out of my mouth. It was really odd. It wasn't something normal. Then she called back because she told me what happened. At the same time, you know, there's a lot of suicide that happened very recently with the younger people in her family. She's in, I think, her um, late 30s, early 40s. There was a lot of people in her family that did commit suicide recently. One of them was her cousin jumped in front of a train. 
There was a coincidence about all the things. The mother had gone back because her mother lived near in the same town. Her mother had gone back to Puerto Rico. Whenever there was like a contact with the mother, all of a sudden these people who were completely happy and fine before would kill themselves. So this thing, what we had learned at this point, now her family, by the way, practices Santeria. She didn't at the time. They were very deep into it. And her her stepfather is very high up. I'm not exactly sure of the, the, you know, the hierarchy in Santeria. That's not my specialty, but I know he was a little high up and he knew of certain things too. Someone got pissed at the mother is really what happened and put a curse on her to hurt her by taking out everybody that she loved the most. Whether it's a spell, a curse, a hex, whatever you want to call it, she did some type of something to basically send this, it wasn't a demon, but it's definitely some type of spirit, some type of manifestation of all this person's rage and hate and all these things. This thing would go from person to person to person and warp their minds so much over time to make them off themselves. We had learned all of this was going on. The only way to get rid of Santeria is to use Santeria. So it doesn't matter that I'm a Wiccan priest. No matter what I'm going to do, it's not going to get rid of this. Okay, It won't. It'll just act as a Band-Aid. Whenever anybody in Santeria does any type of spell work or whatever, they do some type of divination work. That night when I was there and I told her what was kind of going on, I kind of did a Band-Aid work. I smudged her several times, lit some candles, did some incense, and had her family members say certain things in whatever language that they felt comfortable with, whatever prayers that they felt comfortable with. As long as they believed it worked, it would help. The thing shrunk down to the size of like a Barbie doll, not even a Barbie doll. It's like, I don't know, like, you know, one of those Bobby, Barbie toddler children dolls. Like it was tiny. It shrunk, but it grows. It will grow. I told her this is only a Band-Aid. This doesn't have influence that much over you right now, but it will, unless this is taken care of. That was the creepiest one because there was something that I really couldn't do something so that much about, except just put a Band-Aid over the situation. That was what was disturbing. Not only was it affecting this woman and her family because it was trying to make this woman kill herself, it was not just aimed just at her. The vendetta wasn't against her. It, the vendetta was at her mother. Oh my goodness. I don't even know where to begin with that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. So I think it's interesting that you said that, you know, with uh, with Santeria, it like, it really is, it'd have to have a practitioner in that same Correct. religion. To, yeah. That's- yeah. And the problem is too, Santeria... It's, it is some powerful stuff. It really is. Like I said, the only way to get rid of something, Santeria, is to use it. And you can't just use it unless you're all in. You can't just have like, you know, one, one toe in the pool. You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. You're either all in or there's nothing. And it's also very expensive. Um, sometimes for the initiations and to do all this stuff and to do these certain spell works and things like that, it's thousands and thousands of dollars. And that's not some scam either. That's like the real thing because the money doesn't necessarily go to the person. It also just kind of gets left as an offering. There's also offerings of rum and other food and things that they feed their god or their goddess, whatever their deity is, whether it's um, Oya or or Elegua or whatever, that goes to supply that. It's, It's difficult. It's a very difficult situation, especially for people that do need some kind of help. Um, that are going through something so serious 
it's not like a charity type of thing. If you don't have that kind of money, continue to be a nice person and no one's going to do anything bad to you and you won't need these kind of services. So <laughs> good advice for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so you said there were, well, Diana, did you have any questions? I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering if you know more about this creature with the yellow eyes and the feathers in the beak. Have you learned anything about its identity or history? It wasn't a demon. It's just a spirit manifestation. It was conjured. It was a conjuration. Okay. It was a facilitator to a spell. That sole purpose of existence was just to cause one person pain, no matter what means were necessary. So somebody went to a lot of work to hurt this person. And right. And if you're a practicer, like somebody that practices this, I'm not saying here, this is also a big disclaimer out there. Santeria, yes, this may be one of the darker sides you may hear, but this does not mean that Santeria is horrible and this doesn't mean it's bad. You know, it's not. I guess you could call it a darker aspect of it. But like I said, there's balance to everything. And this person had to balance out some other way, whoever did this. Uh, I think the, the consensus was that it was some... It was some woman that was, she had a discord with the family or something like that back in Puerto Rico. That's the only thing that I've heard about since then. There are certain things that were, that this person has done to other members of her family that are really upsetting after this thing was taken care of. But that's just one person out of an entire faith following. But it is a rather interesting religion. And I do really think that people could research it before just saying, just because you heard it from here. You know, it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. So I'm just putting that disclaimer out there. <laughs> so Thank you the, for that. Yeah. The, um, so the person that you, uh, that the family assumed is doing this, did they ever fess up to, yes, I, I'm intentionally harming your family or intentionally putting spells on your family? Of not. No. Because the reason why is this, doesn't matter whatever type of any magic or spell work that you do, you never tell anybody what you're doing. You never do until the result is done. And the result technically wasn't done. The minute that you start spreading the word about anything that you're doing, doesn't matter what faith you're in, if you're Wiccan, if you're you know, practicing Santeria, if you're doing voodoo, if you're doing any type of druid work or Celtic, Norse, whatever, it doesn't matter. You don't tell people your spell work. You're not supposed to because it diminishes the effect. But, well, that's that's really interesting. I think, you know, in, in just general Western culture, you see that concept of, you know, you don't want to tell somebody what you're up to. You might jinx yourself or uh, you don't want to tell your wishes before they come true, that kind of thing. Exactly. And all that's where all the roots from that stuff come from, paganism in some form. It's the word abracadabra means something. You know, it actually, I know it sounds so foreign and it sounds so crazy, but abracadabra is actually a very, very powerful chant and word um, and a very powerful talisman that can be used for protection. Interesting. I did not know that. Yes. So you said that you had two very intense stories about house cleansings that you did. What was the other one? A friend contacted me because she had a client that was going through some pretty rough stuff in her house in general. The kids were acting really bizarre. All of the kids in this household had abilities. All of them. Whenever you have even just one person, that person that has any type of ability acts like a sort of beacon of light, okay? It's like moth to a flame. It really is. So spirits in general are going to be attracted to people um, into areas where they live, where they are. It's always going to be around them because they can communicate with them. Whenever you have more than one, then it gets really interesting with what can happen in your house, or your home. They were trying to be protected by their own spirit guides. Everyone's got their own spirit guides or guardian angels 
some like to say everyone has at least one. Usually people that are sensitive have at least two or three or even more because they need that extra protection to interpret things and to kind of filter things out and, and whatnot because it is a lot of work. So their guides were protecting them, but there was a guy that passed away on the property many years before and decided he didn't want to leave. The house that was on the property was not the original house. The house that used to be there was burnt down to the ground completely. The reason why is because the guy that lived in the house before was a paranoid schizophrenic and burnt the house down and died there as well. He never wanted to leave. So I went because of some security video footage that my friend forwarded to me, which showed many orbs just kind of going through the home. And I did look and see if there was any, if there was any bugs or anything. And there wasn't, it wasn't dust. The house was immaculate too when I went there. It was insane. And then there was an actual manifestation of a man in the hallway that was a little disturbing. It was captured clear as day on security camera footage. And then right after, then all of a sudden, then the kid came out of the bedroom and with the blanket and slept on the couch. Now, the kid, the same child, tried to set his sister on fire a couple of weeks before and actually set her blanket on fire while she was lying in the bed. Oh, no. So, and obviously, like, they're okay. But that's, you know, that's something that is just, it, it just, when you have somebody, an angry spirit, first off, that's mentally ill and that does not want to leave, when they are still there and they're in that state and they still have their, see their home or their property as their home, they're going to try to influence others to try to get what they want. And in this case, getting in the mind of a small child and getting them to do what they want to do, which is a little nervous. It's definitely something that you can get out of a horror movie, to say the least. But the man, when I did confront him after I did the walk through the house, and when I do walk through the house, sometimes I'll also do the property as well, to the point where I've actually gone in the crawl spaces of some houses uh, that I've cleansed, which is kind of great because I don't like spiders anyway, and it's kind of dark, so I just put on my phone and just roll with it <laughs> for cases that are very uh, intense, gridding the home as well. This grid, this energy grid that I do acts like an energy tornado. What I'm doing is actually physically causing them to create a tornado and spiral all of the bullshit out, including anything that shouldn't be there. So it forcibly removes, forcibly removes anything that shouldn't be there, like anything that's a negative spirit or anything. I said, you're done. Your time is done here. And I don't care where you go, but it will never, ever be here ever again. And you'll never get back your home because this isn't anymore. Haven't heard anything since. I know there was some backlash because when I went in, initially the boyfriend was there. And even though incenses that are the blend that I make has frankincense, myrrh, and copal in it, it's it's the classic holy trinity, as I like to call it, of incense. So it smells like church. <laughs> he and his family were extremely anti getting anybody to cleanse the house, that she should just kind of continue to go to church. And she was even going absolutely that shit crazy <laughs> over the whole situation. It was crazy. It was a definitely a difficult situation to deal with. Not difficult to remove the guy. It was more of a difficult situation to deal with boyfriend and and the woman and her kids. But the kids are, I, I think everything is going well from my understanding. If you had children that weren't as sensitive in a house, would they be less susceptible to something like that to influence? No, um, uh, not necessarily. Children are in it. That's not... 
not helpful. <laughs> no, well, no, children essentially, I mean, like that stuff, it's, it's a little different. The spirits can have more influence because they can see them better. They can hear them better than another child can. That played more of a factor in this situation. These kids weren't actually that little either. They were 11, 10, 11, 12 years old. That's not that young. You'll hear like, you know, three or four year olds have imaginary friends. More often than not, they're not imaginary friends, by the way, but they're, they're spirit guides. But that kind of, like I said, when they get to being about school age around five, it kind of gets learned out of them. If that stuff continues to happen afterwards, then you have two things there. One, it's too young to diagnose anything for any type of psychiatric whatever. It's too young. It's really hard just to monitor it. My best advice for don't encourage it, but don't dismiss it either. It's kind of just taking like a middle of the road approach there. There are other telltale signs about certain things. When all of a sudden they can go up to, you know, somebody and like touch their hand and tell them certain things and be like, what? And then all the person's like, holy crap, or something like that. That's things to look for, you know. But just take everything with a grain of salt when they're a little bit younger. As they get older, it'll be easier to diagnose the situation. You actually work in mental health. That's nice that you can kind of provide that sort of other perspective as well. Right. Everything has to be taken with a grain of salt because, I mean, this stuff, first off, it's a very touchy situation anyway, whenever anybody is any type of psychic or spiritual medium. But people that have a natural gift, it's really hard because many people will often go through life thinking that they're diagnosed as a schizophrenic or bipolar or something, and they may not be. I mean, they may be those things too, in addition to what they have going on. I actually just came up, found out the statistic the other day. I think it was like 70, 73% of people, or especially like teenagers or children that hear voices, will not say that they hear certain things because they are afraid to. And say that they'll get like, you know, be put in like some type of mental list and kind of like reject it. So think about that. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that are saying that they're hearing certain things that they don't know where they're coming from. Are they crazy? Are they not? My thing about the whole thing is if you feel like you're crazy, odds are you're not crazy. Um, if you keep telling yourself you feel like you're crazy and that you're losing your mind, and that you know that this is impossible and that you shouldn't be hearing these things, that's the difference is because you can differentiate between what should be and what shouldn't be. That's the difference. Becky's hoping right now that she's got more than one guardian angel because uh, her imaginary friend was a real D-bag. Yeah, I, I I don't think that was a spirit guide. I think that was just an asshole ghost. He just kept bugging me as a kid. He had anger management issues. I mean, my God, this man was awful. <laughs> you had what you think was an imaginary friend or a ghost or... Yeah, when I was a child, I had this this fellow who kept coming in through my window at night and we would have vicious arguments. I did not like him one bit. He would destroy things in my room. And I remember it was called Hay, which I guess would be short for Hayden or something. He had a dirty red coat. This is in East Tennessee. And he would like climb up the birch tree, come through my window. And it wasn't until probably when I I was five, we had this, and again, an argument. Like I never understood why he came by because I didn't enjoy his company. And I finally just said, could you just get out and never come back? And he did. My childhood imaginary friend who was a sleazy 23-year-old man. So to this day, I I don't want to believe that's a spirit guide. I want to think of that as some kind of 
entity, you know, something dead. That... That's not a spirit guide. That is a <laughs> ghost, honey. That's a ghost. That's not a, that's not a nice thing, but you did the right thing. Ghosts are anything negative that's ever in your home only have as much power as you let it have. So if you say things like, you know, go away, I don't want you here, you're not allowed to be here, they have to listen. There's other things you can do as well to help that in your home, besides like, you know, smudging every season with sage. You can buy or make something called peace water. It's really easy. That's a, a really nice tool that you can have. It's like a really pretty blue color. And nasty spirits don't like the color blue. It's a very positive color. So it acts as a word and not just for bad spirits, but also for negative people too. Salt is a really useful tool. You know, Supernatural has that right. <laughs> salt is totally <laughs> Black salt especially is great for protection. Red brick dust, that's a really great one to put at your, your windows and your doorways. It protects anybody, anything negative. So it's any ghost, spirit, demon, whatever, but also nasty people. They will not necessarily like, you know, get thrown back arm style, but they will definitely feel really uneasy as soon as they get over, cross over that. They'll probably get nauseous and want to leave, so they leave you alone. The oh. peace water, too, it's not going to just expel any ghosts in your home. What it will do is it will, anything that you have like that's an ancestral spirit or, you know, past loved ones, spirit guides, they will flock to that and that will fill the void so then it'll protect you and your family and your home. That's like one of the biggest things that I get, especially from at the store, is that, oh, will this get rid of all the good spirits in my home? And all the time I say, no, it won't. <laughs> they will stay there, but it will help them get rid of the other crap. So it's like taking a spiritual probiotic. Exactly. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I love that you talked about blue. Down here in the South, we have this paint color called haint blue. Haint being a Southern term for ghosts, spirits, generally with a negative connotation. And we paint our porch ceilings with this color down here. It's very common. People would do their windowsills and all entrances to their home. They would paint with this particular light blue color. In fact, my last house, the, the porch ceiling was painted that. It's a very Southern thing. So it's nice to hear some validation that that's, that's not just a cultural thing. There's actually some truth to it. Yeah, no, there is some truth. I mean, all those little things here and there, they do stem from some kind of truth, no matter what way, and they come from some old tradition. So we, we've had several discussions on our Facebook group about mirrors and this sort of like breakdown of barriers with mirrors and seeing things in mirrors that you can't necessarily see with your naked eye. Mirrors are portals to the spirit world. They're natural portals to the spirit world. They always will be. They always have been. That's why you should never have two mirrors facing each other in your home. Ever. It enhances the effect of the portal and um, things will always be able to come in and will never be able to go back because they're reflected off each other. So you never want to do that. And that's that goes for actually, believe it or not, any reflective surface in your home. If there's reflective surfaces facing each other, not a good idea. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. I've always had a weird fear of mirrors, I guess. And, and my, my husband's Jewish and in Judaism, whenever... You shroud over the mirror when somebody dies. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I, I understand that that's also an old tradition in, in, in Christianity as well. Not so much anymore, but definitely like in the 1800s and 1700s, they would, they would also shroud the mirrors. I think it was a way to make sure that the spirit didn't, you know, went out the front door and didn't go through the wrong. <laughs> right. Like I said, that is something that stems, that goes way back in Jewish culture. Well, any of that stuff that's stems from old Jewish mysticism traditions, I would really listen to that stuff. Even like Dybbuk boxes, like that stuff's real. I like that you mentioned the old Judaism, Kabbalah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we actually, my my mother-in-law is heavily superstitious and we have evil eye wards all over the house. <laughs> just, she just keeps, I mean, they're they're created in Israel. Everything's misspelled on them, but we've got them up everywhere. She, she's happy that I've got them up. She even gave me a, a mezuzah to wear in my keychain for when I drive my car. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if it works that way, but. <laughs> I have in my car, I have the, the I, I know it sounds so weird, but I even have, I have two angel charms in my car. I believe in angels, like angels are great. So uh, I, I know we're running low on time here, but you did mention that you've seen angels. I want to hear about that. Angels can take the form of anything that they want you to see to make it easier. Their true form is not something that's supposed to be pretty. And you can actually look into the Lesser Keys of Solomon for that and different books of the Kabbalah. They do not have wings. They do not have heavenly, beautiful bodies of beautiful people. They just don't. That's just our interpretation to make it easier to see them. So we don't become so frightened and overloaded that we don't explode. Oh, um, so Supernatural is right on that as well. That you yeah, exactly. Yeah, angels in their true form, they're actually creatures that are very, um, if you Google it, something like angels shaped like wheels or something like that, you could probably find a depiction from, from what Solomon says these angels are supposed to be, and they legitimately look like wheels. And they have faces on them, and they are really creepy. They have like symbols on them and all that stuff, and it says to, you know, that is what a depiction of an angel actually is, and they're monstrously huge. So whatever the way that we see them or have people in the past have seen them, not dismissing anybody's religion, but however manifestation that when they came to certain people, you know, it's just the easiest way to explain and so that we can interpret. Uh, do, do they exist in three dimensions or are they sort of more... Oh, they're multidimensional beings, definitely. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, Diana, did you have any questions, any additional questions before we sign off here? I, I'm fascinated by everything you said. Do you mind if I email you for some resources later and we can... Of course you can. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. Yes. Well, so so if somebody uh, is listening and they need a house cleansing and they are not in South Jersey, can they fly you to, to come to their home and, and help you? <laughs> hey, that could be arranged. <laughs> they could totally, totally be willing to do that. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Justin. This was incredibly enlightening. Yeah, this has been this has been so fascinating. We we haven't heard had any discussions about Santeria yet, so that was that was so neat that you were able to talk about that. Yeah, I was glad to be here. It was really interesting. It was kind of cool. Cool, cool. Well, thanks everybody. That's our show. You've been listening to Homespun Haints with Justin Firemoon. Please check out our website at homespunhaints.com for show notes for this episode and lots of great links relating to a lot of the things that Justin told us about. You can also check us out on Facebook at Homespun Haints, Instagram at Homespun Haints, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite app. Until next time, have a spooky day. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma, 
exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond his threshold? On September 24th, 2023. We will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's aliens. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement.